You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. Today I'm chatting with a Pinterest expert and strategist, Teresa Toledo, on her journey going from a lawyer in Brazil to one of the top certified experts in Pinterest and a business owner in the United States. Our conversation touches so many important points from developing gratefulness for your life's challenges to investing in your strengths to truly thrive. And Teresa even drops some tactical Pinterest tips along the way for any budding business owners listening in. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And without further ado, welcome, Teresa. Oh, hi. So good to be here. <laughs> I'm so, so, so excited to have you on Thrive. So thank you so much for taking the time out to be here today. I know we've obviously talked before, but you have such a cool background and such a cool story and job and life. So I'm really excited for you to just tell everyone about yourself. Uh, Well, first and foremost, you know, I I hate labeling, but we kind of have to say something so everybody can, you know, make a picture in their head. So first of all, I am from Brazil. That's where the accent is from. I don't think it's ever going to go away. My kids do make fun of me. My kids do make fun of my grammar mistakes or pronunciation mistakes, and that's fine, I can label it. So (laughs) I am a Pinterest expert strategist. And what does that mean? That means that I make money spending time on Pinterest, scrolling, (laughs) searching, finding new things, and also helping businesses, brands, and entrepreneurs to thrive using the platform. I am a mom, I love lifting weights. I have an office at home and I am based in Tampa Bay, Florida. Awesome. So I love the fact that you said you make money playing on Pinterest because talk about a dream job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's some days I'm like, is this for real that I'm here getting inspired, inspired, creating cool things and just scrolling through people's feeds and I'm making money. That's really, really cool. (laughs) it's awesome and I think you also have a law degree don't you and you're like a certified personal trainer too I have a bachelor's degree in law and that's like a million years ago because I'm not that young anymore uh and that was my I graduated five years of law school I did work as a lawyer for a month I passed the bar I did all the shebangs and then I have an opportunity to move to the United States and I dropped the business, I dropped a possible a career, and I ended up here. So, and that's another story. And also a few years ago, um, after I was recovering from a big miscarriage, let's put it this way, I decided that I had to do something. And of course, getting fit was something that I wanted to do. Started training, and after a while I said, hey, I could, I don't know, I want to do something with my life, but I want to be also accountable and I want to learn about this. And I became a certified personal trainer. I did train quite a few clients for a year or two, but then I just, you know, ended up on Pinterest and I'm 
I felt that that was my call. That's that was where I wanted to be. So and that's, that's such a wild trajectory too, because you oh, went from yes. law to physical fitness to Pinterest. Like what a what a oh, th- there was a lot of other things in between too. So <laughs> which was which your favorite think, so far? You know, I think all of them in a way were my favorite because all of them served the purpose in a certain part of my life. Mm-hmm. And if you had told me when I was in law school that there was something like Pinterest and I would be loving working with it, I would say, oh no, what are, what are you, who am I trying to fool? I'm going to be on marketing, self-learning and exploring it. No, that's just, that's ridiculous. That's nonsense. So this is why everything happens in a certain trajectory in our lives. And it's very important to look back and understand them. We don't understand them as they're happening. As they're happening, it doesn't make any sense. It just it is what it is. But when you look back, it has a purpose. And I saw the other day a friend of mine who has a law degree also. And she was talking about, I mean, she, she's in a similar situation. She doesn't use her degree and what a waste of time and money. And I always look at mine. And it was not a waste of time and money. Yes, it was not cheap. Yes, it was hard. Yes, it took me time. But I don't regret because... That gave me such a confidence and such a feeling that nobody will ever take from me. Mm. And I don't want my kids to go to college and graduate, even if they don't use it, because I think the empowerment uh, that you get from fulfilling that accomplishing, it's, you know, you cannot replace with anything else. Uh, And also in our society, still, when you bring up that you have a degree, people look at you differently. It doesn't matter if you're using it or not, but people still look at you differently. That's so smart too. And I I love that you brought up that point because I think sometimes we can be one track minded and forget that there are other things gained through experiences. So it's, it's, I would almost venture to say that oftentimes it's like not at all what you anticipated it being. It's like the side effects of what you end up learning or what you end up taking away from situations, whether that's your education, whether that's a job that in the moment you absolutely hate and it's sucking the life out of you, but you realize 10 years later how how much of a hustler it made you and how it made you yes. work well and be graceful in the face of adversity or like whatever the case might be. There's always some sort of positive spin, something that you can take something. out of it, which is yes. so important. That is always a super lining and I practice a lot of gratitude and more than once I had something hard on, you know, on that day, but I still am grateful for the challenge because that challenge as awful as it was left something behind and it's my job to see what is the silver lining and what I learned from that situation. Sometimes these challenges are so overwhelming and they last so long and they really like it tribulations that we have but it's still they they're valid and yeah and we learn through life we learn with everything that we do and i do not count the power i will not look down at someone who doesn't have a degree and because you know they have their own how can i say they conquered whatever they conquered in their way and i respect that they have their own hustle but that doesn't mean that I will not tell my kid, oh, forget about school. 
don't do anything and just do whatever. I would not. But if someone who did not have the opportunity, I'm not going to tell the person, oh, go back and have a degree so you can live your life. No. See, this is what I'm trying to get with that. So I respect both, but I would not tell a kid, drop out of school, mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. No, I think it makes perfect sense. And then when you um, went in the course of your path, I know, obviously now you run your own business. So mm-hmm. when did you know that it was time to make the jump from your job working for someone else in social media management to starting your own business and severing that tie to do your own thing? That was a very interesting um, way that happened. It happened very organically. I think that in my life, I'm a person in which things happen organically. I am not, I am a doer. I am not a huge planner. I am working on learning to plan better. But I, and I grab things by the horns and I just run with it. And this is me and it has always been. That's my superpower. It gets scary sometimes and overwhelming. And I, sometimes I don't plan as much. And when I see I am in the eye of a storm and I didn't plan and now what? But I figured it out. I know how to get out. So I was, that's, I was still working as a certified, uh, as a personal trainer. And within the organization, it was, um, they wanted to, you know, I was as, I was a personal trainer paid and they wanted somebody to intern, you know, in, in different positions. They were launching online courses. And then I said, okay, that's a great opportunity. And they threw Pinterest and Canva on my hands. And I knew how to use Pinterest for cool stuff, fun stuff, but I had no idea about Pinterest for business. So I had a little course that they gave me. I figured out Canva and it was sucky in the beginning because I'm not a graphic designer. <laughs> but I made my way through it. And eventually I also was offered, you know, Instagram possibilities, Facebook possibilities, Facebook ads possibilities. And it just kept rolling and going. And it got to the point like, it was when my husband had a TIA, which is a transient ischemic attack. I learned that word, which is a very small stroke. And I had a nursing baby and I stay at home with another kid and a stepdaughter. Now what? He's in the hospital. I don't know what I'm going to wake up to. I don't know what's going to happen to this man. I don't know if I can run his businesses and take over. I don't know. And after that moment and everything was fine, he had, you know, he recovered. We, everything was worked out fine. He is sort of okay, right? <laughs> A lot of moodiness afterwards, but thanks goodness he's okay. But then that kind of said, okay, I need to think about what if. What if, what am I building for myself? Yes, I stay with my kids. I have small gigs. I make a little money here. I'm helping people. Um, I always do things. I'm always busy. I'm never bored. It's not my personality. And I have to do something and it's time to move on. And so through a friend who was in a similar situation and a little bit farther than me in the journey, you know, we started, okay, how about you check this thing about being a VA, a virtual assistant? How about you check this thing about social media management? And it started slowly. Oh, I can get paid to do this. Awesome. So instead of just being an intern and testing with those people, I can actually get paid to do this. And that's how things started growing. So then we have the very first client um, that, of course, I 
nowadays I charge three times more than I was charging with the first client, but it was a beautiful experience. Other clients trying different um, parts of social media management and then deciding that I am not a VA. I don't want to be a VA. I dabbled into social media management, had clients for a year, but then social media is not my thing. And I've been working with Pinterest since the beginning, but I was, you know, like, oh, Instagram is being so cool right now. I'm loving it so much. And maybe I don't like Pinterest anymore. But then throughout, I said, I realized that no, Pinterest is here to stay. Pinterest is where I thrive, where I feel my best. And I also believe in investing on your strengths. So if I invest on my strength, instead of trying to improve all of my weaknesses, I can thrive, right? So instead of just being a mediocre social media manager, I can become an expert on Pinterest. And that's, you know, when it came to the realization, it was a little bit over a year ago that I decided to let go of any client that wasn't specifically Pinterest. And nowadays, if someone asks me, do you offer other platforms? I say, yes, I do, but I subcontract. I get, I have, you know, I bring in a team member to do the other platforms while my focus is Pinterest. And that has been the best decision that I've made. That's so cool too, because that's something, especially as new business owners, I feel like it can be really hard to say no to money. And people look at it and they'll go, yes, you want me to do, you want me to do Facebook? Sure thing. I can figure that out. You want me to do Instagram? Absolutely. You want me to write on a website? You want me to create design? Like I'll do anything because it's experience and it's a paycheck and that must be good. Right. And it's like, sometimes that works. And sometimes that might be a, a decent enough approach depending on who you are and what the job is and a million other factors. But I think there's really something to be said though, too for the level of self self-awareness that you had in that process and the willingness to, to step up and say, you know what? No, that this is for me. This is not for me. I know that this is what I'm better at. And just putting your eggs in that basket, knowing that in the long run you would make more and have more happiness and more internal fulfillment. So it would be worth it. And you're right. It's not an easy decision. Say no to money is hard. Last week, I had um, a previous client, which we worked for over a year, and really an amazing person. And he texted me because after we, you know, kind of parted ways, uh, he let go of his website and he wasn't doing maintenance. And guess what? Eventually, it got shut down. If you don't do nothing, if you don't renew anything, you know, the hosting, it shuts down. So he texted me, hey, I need to get my website back. Can I pay you to do that for me? So I said, okay, so I took a look at it. And in the past, I helped him with that website. I hired someone who could do it and I was the integrator. But this time I said, I don't want to be this integrator. I will take a look and see what's going on. But I passed to someone else. Maybe I could make, you know, in this gig, two, three hundred dollars. But how much time and effort I'm going to be putting on this right now? And I could be putting that time, that energy and effort into something that pays me three times more. And that I love so much more. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, there was a lot of um, testing and trying. Okay, do I, what do I like? What can I do? Where is my strength? Uh, yes, a client comes in. Can you help with this? Yes, I can. Can you help me with that? Yes, I can. 
a lot of different things throughout uh, the journey, especially in the last two years. But then it comes, you know, to the, I'm, I didn't want to be just a generalist, which there's nothing wrong with that. You can be. And that's why there are amazing VAs. I have a VA and she does a lot of that stuff that I don't want to do. But also learning the different things helped me, um, how can I say, empowered me to do a better job on Pinterest. Because one of the things that I am really, really passionate is about using Pinterest, not just as a one thing, as a one platform, but as a part of your whole ecosystem, your marketing and business ecosystem. And Pinterest has a place. And if you're already using other platforms, you can weave them together and boom, magic happens. If you just look at it independently, individually, you don't take in consideration marketing trends, uh, audience trends, and everything, you are missing a lot. You still will get results, but you're not going to get magic results. Okay, so now you brought up Pinterest. So now we can get into the meat of this. <laughs> this is like ridiculously interesting for people like me who nerd out on this sort of thing. But so much of what you do every single day is helping people, helping content creators specifically, truly thrive on Pinterest as a social yes. platform, as a search engine. So for listeners who have not thought of Pinterest as more than a place for pretty pictures and wedding inspiration and beautiful recipes, can you break down what it is and why it's so important and invaluable for online creators? Yes. Well, first thing, Pinterest is not social media. Okay. If you're only going to live here with one thing, that's the thing. It's not social media. It is a visual search engine. So if I'm going to use as a, a comparison, it's pretty much imagine as Google where you're searching, but instead of getting sentences explaining what everything is, you get images. So you have the visual and you can understand if you are looking, let's say for um, how, uh, engagement rings, let's say you're dreaming about getting engaged and you want to look for engagement rings. If you go on Google, you're going to see engagement rings, a lot of stars, a lot of written content, some little pictures. But if you go on Pinterest, you're going to get, bam, a lot of ring pictures that you can just keep scrolling and say, oh, this is what I like. And you can keep searching. So it is a visual search engine, number one. People are not on Pinterest to engage, to connect, to make friends. Yes, there are some elements of communication. Uh, there are moments of engagement. We can have reactions, we can follow, uh, we can comment. But people are not there to engage as they are on social media. We are not sharing our you know, pet funny tricks. We are not sharing our little kids' costumes or what we ate for lunch. Unless we are sharing how we taught our dog to do the trick or how we made that food, or how we created that costume. Because that's what people want, what, what people want to know on Pinterest. They want to know how you made that costume, how you cook the meal, how you touch your dog. They don't want just to see what you're doing and that's it. So this is, Pinterest is a place where people are searching for answers, for inspiration. Uh, Pinterest users, which we call pinners, because they pin things as they would to a board, right a visual board they're in the platform to do something buy something try something they are looking for answers and if your business and brand has answers to an audience your business and brand should be there 
if you are a small business, the only way that I, or big business, that I would say Pinterest is not for you. The only, you know, possibilities are if your product, something that's against Pinterest rules. Uh, Pinterest is very specific when it comes to medical, when it comes to false claims, when it comes to guns, when it comes to several things. Uh, also, if you don't have anything that you can profit from being online or benefit from being online. If you are a mechanic, maybe Pinterest is not the best place for you. But if you are a body shop and you have custom designs and amazing things to share, maybe you should be on Pinterest, even if it's a local business. So those would be the case that I would say Pinterest is not worth uh, looking into and maybe even investing. And it doesn't have to see something that you hire someone and spend a lot right away. It can be a slow process. I like to, um, I love teaching people how to use Pinterest with what they have at an entry level. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did, I recently launched a course. It's a Weekend Warrior Pinterest Crash Course. And the promise is that you bring it in, you spend a few hours over the weekend, and before Monday, your account is up and running with content pinned, and you have a strategy to continue. That's so awesome. that's, that's the goal. No fluff, no further ado. Uh, so this is what I would say why, you know, you should or should not be on Pinterest. Now, it might be a little hard for us to visualize and understand. So the best way is to be on the platform, you know, sign up, get your own personal account and play around, do some searching, see what's going on, uh, search for your competition, search for products related to you, and you will get inspired by seeing what they're doing. And then my job is to tell you how easy it is to do what they're doing, but better. Mm, better hours. <laughs> Can you give us maybe three quick fixes or something that someone can make to their Pinterest profile today? Maybe it's like things that you see a lot of clients struggle with or everybody get wrong that are easy tweaks that someone can make to, you know, just be, be in Pinterest good graces and have a better experience as a user. Yes, actually I am an overachiever and I'm going to give you four. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. I just have to. <laughs> The very first one and is if you're not on Pinterest, you need to be on Pinterest for your business, okay? You need to go in, you create your business account, or if you are not ready for that, go into your own personal account and research. Spend some time, it's exactly what I just said, looking at what is your competition doing. Or other people that they, they may not be competing with you, but they're inspiring you for your business. And if you see that a lot of them are doing, this is a sign that you should be doing too, but better. If you see that they are not doing it, that is an even better sign that you should be doing that. Like, you know, this is your blue ocean to try. So that's the very first thing is to be on platform. The platform is, not, you know, it's even though it might, it might happen that when you go in, if you search yourself, you will find that people have pinned your online content already. Like, oh, and you may even be getting traffic. If you have a website, you have products, you may even be already getting traffic from Pinterest without even having an account. So that leaves you to think like, okay, maybe I should be empowering this. I should be maximizing this, right? So that's the very first thing. Second thing, think keywords. Pinterest is a search engine. We need keywords. 
the same way that when you're thinking about, when you're writing your blog, if you're blogging, you're always thinking about SEO. The same concept, think about Pinterest. We, what we would say, Pinterest SEO, actually we call keywords. So go in there and search, and you don't need to go anywhere else. You don't need to have a software. You don't need an app. You go on Pinterest on the search bar, and you type in what it is that you do, what is your niche, and observe how do the answers come up. What are people using? What terms are they using? And I want you to take note and use that exactly. So that would, that's part of optimizing your, pro, your profile. If you already have an account, after you do your keyword research, go and look at your profile. What are the names of your boards? What are the names, of, what titles are you using for your pins, right? Uh, what words are you using on your profile? What it is that you do? Unless you are opera, I highly encourage you to put some keywords on your profile name because they probably will not know who you are. So I want keywords that relate to the solution you're giving. When they want to find you, what would they be searching for? So put yourself in their shoes. That's number two. Number three, visual. It is a visual search engine, right? Uh, as you do your search and you scroll, you're going to see that what catches your attention are images. Now, do those, those images don't need to be perfect. They do not have to be made by a graphic designer. Uh, depending on your product, you can simply use a product picture or the pictures that you have uh, on your website. Depending on your niche, it's highly recommended to use a text overlay. And you can do it quickly and simply with Canva. Free subscription works. Uh, so basically on the pin, let's say if you have a recipe, uh, bread pudding, if you just put a picture of an amazing decadent bread pudding, maybe somebody will click on it, but it doesn't say much more. So if it's a quick bread pudding, if it's a spiced bread pudding, if it's a fast, if it's a no bake, so put a little bit of a more information about what you have, because that will encourage people to you know, transition from just looking to clicking and seeing. So think about your pins. Always follow Pinterest uh, guidelines for size, which Pinterest loves two by three. You can still use square, you can still use landscape, but two by three or even a little bit longer always perform best. So keep the visual in mind. Also remember, most users are on their phone. So make the picture easy to see easy to spot, they're scrolling super fast. So whatever you have needs to grab their attention in a split second and make them wanna stop the scroll and tap, otherwise they won't tap. So that would be number three. Number four, stay consistent. Don't go in, I always think about your business. When you start a business, you're not start a, starting a business just for the, season for the holidays for the next quarter you're starting a business that hopefully you'll be in it for life right it's sort of a marriage it's not a one-night stand treat pinterest the same way go in slowly but surely until you're ready to ramp up and have a higher volume just get started slowly you don't need to use if you're going to pin just a little bit a day you don't need to have a scheduler you can schedule within pinterest so let's say uh, let's talk about a little example. If you have, you design jewelry, you have some custom-made jewelry. If you are an Etsy shop, go in on Pinterest and you can connect your Etsy shop to it. 
If you have a Shopify website, you can connect your Shopify website. Uh, if you still don't have that, but you still have the product in your website, you can use the image that spins. And using keywords to describe what you're selling in your business, in your product, plan on every day having a few pins coming out. Because that will make the algorithm trust you. That will give Pinterest a sign that, hey, this person is for real, it's not just a one-time deal, and this person is here to stay, and we can dance together, right? So go in with intention to nurture that, and you will see fruits. Uh, Pinterest is a slow burn, which means you may not, if you pin today, you're not gonna see somebody buying tomorrow. Or maybe you will, but most likely you won't. Uh, unless you are using promoted pins, you're advertising. But if you're using organically, so go in with patience. But the same way I had this example was from a Pinterest representative the other day. Uh, think about, you know, the dating, your online dating. So you go on Tinder. You don't go from Tinder to Netflix and chill. You go from Tinder to a date, and then you go to Netflix and shoot. So give Pinterest that. Go in, put your pins, keep putting your pins, keep nurturing, and sell. I thought it was just, when he said, I thought it was like so good. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. So those are the four tips, you know, be on Pinterest, think about keywords, think about the images, and think about being consistently in the platform. That's awesome. You and that's good advice. Oh, for sure. And that's good advice regardless of what stage you are in Pinterest, whether you're yes. someone who's creating your profile for the first time tomorrow or exactly. you've had it forever, but it's never been something you've actually used purposefully or yes. intentionally, or if it's like your job. <laughs> exactly. So, that's you know, awesome. if you do those things to get started and just keep watching what's developing after that. That's awesome. This is a totally random note, but I need to ask you about this because I know this about you and it's just so, so cool. You have so much going on with your family too, because you are in a, <laughs> that sounds crazy to say, but you're in a multilingual, multiracial, multicultural home, which is yes. like the trifecta. So talk to us a little bit about that because I want to know if your family was always as supportive too of all of your ambitions since you're especially since you're an overachiever and you started your own business and you moved to this country like you had so much going on all the time so were they always supportive of all of that well let's put it this way let's make it easier for whoever is watching and listening to understand so i am from brazil was raised in brazil all my life was raised catholic uh, all of that good stuff i learned english when i was a kid and then after I graduated, I ended up in the US, right? Here, I, in, the, in Tampa Bay, Florida, I married, met and married my husband, who was born in Venezuela, but comes from Palestinian background, which means my in-laws lived in Jordan, in the Middle East, right? So, and they are Muslims. Happened that we dated, we are almost together for 20 years now. You know, for almost 20 years, we've been together. Meaning, I did not convert, um, but my kids go to an Islamic school. They have an Islamic background because I believe that they need to have some religious background and probably I wouldn't be giving it at home. You know, I don't think it's, I can be the best person. And we believe that once they're 21, they can choose whatever religious 
uh, line they want, but at least we gave them, you know, a certain background. Um, I do have a stepdaughter who was born in the US, but raised in Jordan in a more traditional way. And now she lives with us. She came in as a teenager and we went through all the transformation. Uh, the two sons that we have together are being raised by me. And we live in Florida. So you imagine the melting pot. Um, I did teach my sons to speak Portuguese because that was the only way we could connect with, connect with my side of family. Uh, our common language is English, but I also learned Arabic and my stepdaughter speaks Arabic with my husband. And I ended up learning some Arabic on the way. Now, considering that we live in Florida, Spanish is a language that we use almost daily. <laughs> and in a given day, I will be speaking Portuguese, English, Spanish, and Arabic. And that's just perfectly normal. My mother-in-law and I, she didn't speak English. We used to communicate in Spanish because she lived in Venezuela. The same thing with my father-in-law. So yeah, very colorful and interesting. And we try to keep it together and give the kids the opportunity to experience the best from each culture, from the religion, from you know the languages and be able to process and they process really well uh when my oldest son he was young we traveled a lot and he was perfectly fine switching languages he knew which food belonged to which place which people belonged to which place which language from an early age so i think that exposure is it's kind of positive you know and it's exciting for them and i can see for them this is kind of natural you know, nothing to it. But of course, there are struggles. Uh, we do have, there are things that we agree to disagree. Um, especially when it comes to cultural things and things that I just like, okay, I don't agree with this, but some of the things I need to take a step back and realize, well, if this is not harmful, I need to let go. Mm right that doesn't mean that my freedom is taken or my liberty or anything but there are behaviors that you know you have to be very sensible to understand for example we travel to the middle east um when i go to the middle east i dress a little bit more formal i never covered up for example i never covered up unless let's say i'm getting into a mosque which is you know their temple their church and that would be for respect but I dress a little bit more modestly. I will not be showing much skin. You know, it doesn't make sense to be in a place that's um, a little different to be wearing a mini skirt. It's not appropriate. It's something we wouldn't do here anyway, right? I think that you will not go to church on a Sunday with a tiny mini skirt. Maybe some wood, <laughs> but I don't think that is the best place to wear that. And that's just my maybe old mentality. But I think, you know, it's a matter of respect and understanding and you will not go to a funeral overdressed in red and shining, right? Because that is disrespectful. So we always have to use the same thing. So we do have moments in which we agree to disagree, moments that we just disagree and try to do the best out of it. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, but that's every family, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and my family in Brazil, you asked me, has always been supportive. You know, they, they have always been supportive. Even when I decided to leave everything behind and move, 
uh, I was blessed with parents who said, do it, just try it, just give it a try. Uh, from an early age, I was encouraged to live abroad, to travel. When I was 17, I was an exchange student in Europe. So I traveled for six months. I backpacked. When you were 17, that's interesting. There was no cell phone back then. We used a little payphone. So I don't know how my mom thought it was a good idea for me to go to a place and she couldn't even reach me because you become unreachable. You're backpacking through Europe with people your age. You become unreachable. Oh, Lord, how, mm -hmm. how did we live like that? <laughs> and so from an early age, you know, it was now, I also feel that somehow I manifested my life. I remember being 13 and being frustrated because, oh, I want to travel. I wanted something my parents back then could not afford. They wanted to send me anywhere, but there was no money. And things were not so easy. There was no internet. How do you even know someone who speaks a longer language when you are in a third world country with people who barely speak their own language? So nowadays the world became so much smaller. And, but I always wanted, I want to live abroad. I wanted to do something. There was a um, TV commercial when there was TV commercials, right? And people had to watch TV commercials <laughs> and try to find which ones were interesting. And I think it was, I don't know if it was Polaroid or Kodak or whatever things that we don't use today anymore, which are, you know, photographs that you have the little roll, you take the picture and you wait weeks to see the picture that didn't come out good the way you wanted. Um, and in the, in, I think they were recording, so it was children, parents receiving a video of their grandkids in another place in the world. And my mother would tell me, come here, this is what I want. This is what I dream about. I want you to be somewhere and doing this for me. And that, from an early age, I heard that. That's what I want. So through all issues that I went in my life, mental illnesses, uh, everything. I dealt with depression for many years. I still managed to make that happen in a way. So it's, it's just, I think that I somehow manifested my life because I wanted, I wanna be speaking another language. I wanna be with someone in another country. And I didn't know where or how or why. I didn't know how. And here I am. And it ties right crazy. back to what you said in the very beginning, where it was, if you would have seen and known all of those next steps in your life ahead of time, you might've been scared out of it. You might've been like, oh, no, yes. there's no way I could do that. There's no way that's for me. No, thanks. No way. I, yes. I can't do it. And you might not have done it. So yes. that's so cool for that to have come full circle where you yes. were just open and willing and you were like, come at me life. I'm here for it. And I love how, you, how sensible you were to see that because yes, there were moments in my life and I can see it as clear as I'm watching a movie in which I just wanted to be under my rock. I don't want to get out from under my rock. I don't want to travel. I don't want to do nothing. I just want to be here. And if in that moment you have showed me what was going to happen, I would say, hell to the no. <laughs> I am happy in my little rock and I'm not leaving. And yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> it is. So Teresa, I want to wrap things up by asking you two questions that I ask everyone who comes on Thrive. And that is, what does Thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your own everyday life? Thrive. It's so interesting because I believe that thrive, thriving looks different for everyone. 
try first someone could be have a six figure business but tribe also could be someone who is making three four thousand dollars a month and keeping that money because i was having this conversation with someone about companies who are hitting one million dollars a year but they're just taking maybe fifty thousand home because everything else you're paying you're paying your ads your costs or this and i'm just feel like no this is not okay i'd rather bring me fifty thousand and keep 40 right <laughs> without hustling uh, so thriving is achieving your goals whatever they are it is growing it is enjoying the journey you know i think this is thriving for me personally thriving is always to be always learning to be always developing to be always blossoming to getting up every time i fall to always be failing forward mm. because we all fail and we shouldn't be afraid of failing we should be friends with failure we should love failure because every time you fail you succeed on something else and you would not without those failures so for me that's thriving thriving does not have a specific number uh, a specific i don't know place or a specific achievement it's what's for you I am working on crafting my own vivid vision for my business, which is a very hard process for me because I can, if you ask me, okay, where do you want to be in three years? I have a hard time seeing. So I have a hard time seeing that and I am working on it, but I still cannot put a place, an amount or where or how yet. And uh, now I recently finished read, uh, not reading, listening, because it's an audio book without a book, Kevin's Heart the decision and i would highly recommend unless you have issues hearing some cuss words and seeing things in a different light but it's just an amazing listen very empowering and really pushes us forward and he talks about surthriving so we need to get out of surviving and move into surthriving how do we do that what things we have to put in place what mindset shifts we need what you know things really have to do so we can survive so it always when i think thrive i think about surviving and this is what i want in my life i don't want to just survive i want more than that and how does that look like i i'm still trying to figure out and i am figuring out as i go but it definitely has one thing stamped on it and it says happiness happiness i when i was a kid i always thought you know what do you what do i want to be when i grow up i don't know i just want to be happy and that's what i want for my kids i don't know who i want you to be i want you to be happy whatever it is that it looks like disappoint me but never ever disappoint yourself mm. you know disappoint me i can take it so yeah i mean I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on and spending, dropping so many bombs of wisdom on <laughs> Pinterest and everything on us all today. Tell everybody where they can find you online if they want to connect with you further. So I try to make this easy and make sure that my name is everything. So my name is the name of my business, which is TeresaToledo.com. Is Teresa without age, with a Z. Uh, Toledo, Toledo as the city in Ohio. And you'll find me on Instagram. It's going to be teresatoledo.social because somebody took my name and I couldn't find the person to take it back. Uh, it's Teresa Toledo on Pinterest, on Facebook, uh, and my website also. 
And recently I started playing around with TikTok and I am very guilty to say that I am having fun. <laughs> yes, I know. And you know what's so funny? I've been building so many connections with small businesses who want to learn how to be on Pinterest within TikTok. Yes. Three months ago, I would be a no. I don't have time for that. I started two months ago because my mentor started, kept saying, you guys need to be there, you guys need to be there. Okay, whatever, I will be there. Yeah, sure. And then I started having fun and I'm seeing that I can become the Pinterest queen on TikTok. But it would be very hard to do that on Pinterest because there's a lot of other folks there, but I can do that on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.